The water filter? No. What do you mean? What are you doing? <laughs> what, are you doing? What, are you, what are you doing? What are you it, doing? It's just a YouTube show where Paul Shear interviews people, and it's all just promotion. It's ads for Marvel, basically, you know. But they okay. squeeze content out of it. Okay. And it's him, and um, just some Marvel suit or something, some executive. But you know, the funniest one. The guy that wears, you know, the tie around his head like a bandana at the office party. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and they just talk to uh, famous people. <laughs> okay. So what you want to know is why Gillian Jacobs was on the last show. And the thing is, yes. the answer to that question, if you'll let me answer, is that uh, she is directing a um, – Marvel has a new documentary series called 616 on Disney+, Plus, and she directed one of the episodes. Oh. Has she directed anything before? What am I, her manager? I don't know. I don't know. Um. So what is her episode about? Did she talk about that? I don't know. I, oh. Okay, this is not sexist, but I would imagine it's probably female characters or women in the thing, because she seemed to know a lot about Louise Simonson. Okay, and sure. The, and uh, they, the, ostensibly they come on and they choose a, a comic book or a series to talk about, and she wanted to talk about Power Pack. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't even know anything about Power Pack. Well, you neither did Gillian Jacobs before she got a Marvel Unlimited subscription. Uh-huh. And uh, now she does. Now okay. she knows all about Power Pack. Tell um, me about Power Pack. That's not what this show is. Oh, okay. If people want to know what Power Pack is, they can follow us on Just Enough Trope. All right. When our show comes out this Sunday, very late at night, probably Monday morning. And they call that a tease in the industry. <laughs> Do you think anybody well, will bite? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. we'll, that'll definitely be in our news uh, segment uh, for Just Enough Trope, uh, this next show coming up. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds? That, that sounds. It's one syllable and good. So, so far, you're not multisyllabic just yet. Thanks so much for that. Thanks so much for that. We're still still doing it. Hey, hello. How are you? Wow. <laughs> don't compare me to Vaughn. <laughs> um... Wow. Until you take your shirt off, we'll never know. No. The, he says Stop things it. in threes and he has tiny nipples. We yeah. know this about him. Uh-huh. Great. So if you want the comparison. All right. Whatever. I, I, I this do This is not. bad. This is a really bad. This is our worst start. Wow. <laughs> you said that we weren't going to have any kind of uh, thing and uh, this is what happens. Uh, we're back to talk about films, classic and modern, for your quarantainment. And a little update on the quarantainment. It, it's less than it was. Is it? Well, quarantine. I suppose. I've just got those words mixed up now. What? I just asked people how they're doing during the quarantinement, and they're like, the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, it's less. Wisconsin's open. Yeah. Should we be excited about that? We could drive to Wisconsin right now and go to Burger King or, or whatever. Do we want to do that? I started missing restaurants like, it, it was not immediately, uh-huh. but it was like five weeks ago. So I'm a month, a month out of restaurants and yeah. notice i said burger king i'm not even talking about like a sit-down restaurant a sit-down place a steakhouse uh tgi fridays mm-hmm. a nice tie place where you have to wear a tie Ooh, there you go you call it black tie mm-hmm. oh it's a soul we get in trouble if we don't have an intro so the point wow. is is that it, it is less what how do you feel 
I, I don't feel any different. Um, I, I, I don't s- feel it. different. Oh, three. You got me on that one. Wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty much the same. It's still horrible. People are still dying. Um, this Wisconsin Supreme Court overturned the decision to keep the place closed. Wow. Wisconsin's like, you're right. You're okay. See, the effect of lethal amounts of cheese and being drunk all the time has on statehood. And it is uh, fractious and fractured. There are a lot of politicians who hail from Wisconsin who I'm not a fan of. So um not saying anything bad about the state as a whole, but I, I will. like <laughs> they've even seen they've seen socialism in action. They all own the Green Bay Packers or something, right? Yeah, I guess. It's like citizen owned, isn't it? I, I don't know. So anyway. Um not good enough. More cheese. More yeah. drunker and all in public spaces. Wow. I don't know. I mean, I mean, do you feel any different? Well, I mean, uh, do, no. Do, personally, I just yeah. meant how do you feel? That's, this is what, okay. This has been the problem. I meant how do you feel about the fact that parts of the country country are open country country. I, I like it. Three syllables oh. instead of country. <laughs> See, I'm trying to get them in for you. You're missing them. Uh, part of it's open. Part of it's not. And you know, I I don't even mean the political aspect of it necessarily i guess we have to talk about it because everything is politicized and we've turned you know um a virulent plague into uh just another field in the culture war but that being said um you know i feel it's weird and disorienting because you know and this is always going to be this way we've got 50 uh maybe 51 uh places that have to make a decision about this where are we at on american samoa I have no idea. My civics is bad, so I can't. Um, I don't know the difference. I don't know. Puerto Rico's American in there Samoa somewhere. And Puerto Rico, I don't. Yeah. I don't know about America. It was always going to be people doing it somewhat piecemeal, but probably around dates like the first or the fifteenth or whatever. Not arbitrary, right? Right. And so, like Wisconsin's, like no, um, you know, seven drunk people in Wisconsin uh, open that thing up, and then uh, in New York, just extended it to like the middle of the month. Mm-hmm. And which they had already done like from before. So, it's so a couple, couple days like... out for the middle of the month, we'll right. decide if we're going to extend it again. Right, right, right. Of course, they're the ones who are like, you know, putting people in mass graves. So yes. I wouldn't expect, I'd expect them to, to think about it differently. And yes. then um, Minnesota seems to be, we got a real hard line. Well, see, people seem to be, okay, maybe, oh, there's people outside my house. Maybe, maybe we can pull it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I, who knows? I, I know, I know. Um, well, I mean, like, yeah, I was talking... another 45 seconds. Okay. We're done. Um, were, were people already meeting in groups of 10 or less? I mean, that's we probably live, already happening. We won't give it away, but we live in a relatively major uh, conurbation. Yeah. How many people you see with masks? Besides none. I mean, it would always be besides I mean, none. But I mean, the answer is none. I would say none. less than half. The answer is none. Less than half. And why is the answer none? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just not, you know, I get food. Uh, I got a guy who's come, is in an NBC suit. Uh, and then I we ordered uh, chicken dinner tonight mm-hmm. uh, for the weekend. And the guy was just in like a zip-up hoodie. Sure. And so... Not even there wasn't even a hood. It was just a you know track jacket or something oh, like sure. that. Sure, right. So I, yeah, I don't know. I I've got mixed feelings about it opening up. I mean, I guess well, my I asked only you about cons- that before at the very I, beginning. Yeah, I know the, my only concern is like 
if it gets worse again. And I know that our governor has said he will dial it back, like in a heartbeat. Here's the problem. Signaling. Right? Hmm. Uh, One side is nothing, nothing at all, no masks. I I wish I was at at Del Taco right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other side's like, that's bad. It's like, okay, but what's the alternative? And, like, people who um, are wrong, but they're out in front of a statehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yes, they represent point zero 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 one percent of that voting block, you know. But, you know, they, they look good there on, in the paper. Mm-hmm. And then there's a vast, <laughs> ironically, silent majority sitting at home going, well, I don't know if I should go. I'm probably going to keep ordering in right. as I look at this chart from the CDC that has 13 different uh, statistical companies all weighing in on projections. And the thing is going up, the deaths, and every one of them is some positive curve. None of them are, are flatlining going or going or down. Or flatlining, yeah. So, see you on Monday in the office. Right. Okay, let's talk about a time <laughs> when they didn't have uh, anything. Antibiotics. True. <laughs> anything to take care of a plague or something virulent, or even just stubbing your toe. I love in these old movies, people get, like, shot 15 times, you know, but then they're, they're like, I think you'll be okay. And right. then they're up and around again. It's like, no, every single one of those bullets was just covered in typhus or something like Probably. that. Probably. So they're all dead. Yeah. Uh, but not in this movie, because that wouldn't be sexy. The movie <laughs> we're talking about is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yes. A 1969 film directed by George Roy Hill. Mm-hmm. Written by William Goldman. Mm-hmm. Yes, that William Goldman. I don't know who he is. The All the President's Men. Oh, okay. The sure. Princess Bride. Oh, okay. Marathon Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Novelist slash screenwriter. Slash screenwriter. Yeah, okay. Um, Did we talk about Michael Shaben on this show? I can't remember anymore. It all runs into I honestly don't remember. Um, I... Pretty sure we talked about him on, was it just... Doesn't matter, killing time. Tell us what happens in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Okay, so Butch Cassidy and the Sundance... Is uh, the leader of a gang, the Hole in the Wall gang, and the Sundance Kid is his right-hand man. And they they rob banks and trains and that sort of thing. That's pretty much what they do. And uh, at beginning towards the beginning of the film um they uh they pull this um train robbing job and they're these group there's this group of trackers that come after them and these guys are resilient and do not give up and can track them over anything so they know they're like in trouble um and then they uh, seek out uh, the Sundance Kid's uh, girlfriend, Etta, and together they all decide they're going to escape to Bolivia and have a new life there. But their old life chases them down there and it doesn't end too well for them. Yeah. Did you know that the role of Sundance was originally offered to Jack Lemon? <laughs> Really? Well, uh, you just keep thinking, Butch. That's what you're best at. <laughs> what? Yeah. Can you imagine going? What? Can you imagine going to? Uh, can you imagine going to the the, the Sundance Film Festival uh, in 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 Flushing, New York, or something like that? <laughs> <Instead> of... <laughs> no. Yeah. What? 
Okay, wait. So is the Sundance Film Festival named after this film? Folks, you're seeing it right now. Let's watch. <laughs> yes. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. And I, I knew that, but I, only now am I just thinking, oh, it's pretty stupid. <laughs> it's like so stupid. Wow. They can't call it like the All the President's Men Film Festival or no. uh, Con- the Condor Festival or something like that. No. <laughs> but still, it's like... Uh... I mean, I get, when you don't know where it comes from, it's fine. And then when you realize that it's like, you know, his, the, his iconic movie role that pretty much, you know, I mean, he's around before that, but kind of kind of launched him. It's, screw you. It's so dumb. <laughs> you mean like it was a terrible it was, president. It was like a, a dumb choice for him to pick that film. No, it's a, to call the festival. To call the festival that. Festival let's, let's talk, let's that. That's what I mean. Let's talk about the movie. Wow. wow. So anyway, uh, I had never seen this. That's what this show is for, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless we just watch a bunch of really depressing movies, and then I pick one that I have seen a million times, just to just to cool off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, did you say Catherine Ross even once? Uh, I didn't You're say actually any of their names. Uh, so pa- I know Paul Newman is. We just is... by the process of elimination. Oh. I think people could figure out that Paul Newman is Butch Cassidy. Okay. Right. Let's just continue forward, okay? Wow. <laughs> just tearing into me today. No, you you are determined to drag your feet. No, I'm not. These things go over an hour and they should be like a half an hour tops. Continue. No, I think we should argue about this some more. No, I don't think we should. Yeah, I agree. So So anyway, um I uh I like this movie. Mhm. And people were really impressed with less back then, weren't they? <laughs> wow. I don't think the movie ages well. Okay. That's the only way I can describe how okay. kind of... Is it plussed or... Are you non-plussed or are you plussed? Do you want to be plussed? If you're plussed, are you like, whoa, I can't believe this. And non-plussed is like, mm, I don't think so. Or is non-plussed... Plussed is getting not... I feel like I've never heard the word plus before. I didn't Not think plus. it was that great. Yeah, okay. I, I, look, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was a really um, romantic, uh, so, you know, and I don't mean it like kissy-kissy, but I mean, you know, like a romantic tragedy of the West. Yes. Um, I would agree with it's, that. It's, you know, these two guys, like I said, they'd been around, but this cemented them as like leading men and they would continue to be leading men for the rest of their careers. Mm-hmm. You know, it won... Uh, four, it's all over the AFI list. We know that. Yeah, and it yeah, won yeah. four Oscars. Um, screenplay, which we'll get to. Cinematography, which it absolutely deserves. And then score and song. <laughs> so I think that should tell you that <laughs> I, I don't feel like there's a ton of substance here. And there doesn't have to be. But for a movie that is definitely in the top 25, has to be, right, on AFI? Probably. Eh, yeah. Top 50. Um, there's just not much to it. And let's talk about the script right now. Let's do it. Everything in the script is, in the movie, is the script, right? Mm-hmm. Except for the cinematography, the performances, and everything else. Everything everybody brings to it, right? But, you know, right. everything that's in the script is part of it. So that I think that, that it's good, but the dialogue is, I, I don't think it's that great. No. And, I mean, when I sit and think about it, there's nothing really special about it. Really? Yeah. You're thinking about it. Yes. Well, let me tell you what I mean before you blanket agree with everything I say. Because, like, for instance, uh, oh, no, I'm not going to fight until we get the rules straight. There's no rules on a knife fight. Well, if there's no rules, kicks him in the balls. Like, that's great. That's that's great dialogue. But lots of it is, it's all just catchphrasy, you know? 
when you watch mm-hmm. like Lethal Weapon 18 and they're like, I got a bad feeling about this, Raj. And he's like, I'm too old for this shit. And he's like, yeah. here we go again. All right. the cliche dialogue. I don't know if those cliches existed like before this, but they definitely did after. And like 50% of the, do- actually like 50% of the movie, they're not talking because they're just like, who are these guys? They say that like 17 times. Yeah, I know. And then it's all like, I can't believe we did that. Another fine mess you've got us into. It's all just like this kind of glib dialogue. And I know that it's, you know, supposed to be kind of serious. It's not supposed to be. It is a tragedy because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's about the sort of death of their, the, their, the life of the bandit in the West, the romantic yeah. West. Mm-hmm. But they don't. They sure don't say any of that. I guess you show and not tell. But they sure don't say any of that. No. Uh, better movie that has the same uh, theme. The Wild Bunch. I would. I own two Blu-ray copies of The Wild Bunch just so I can give one away when I meet somebody who hasn't met, uh, who hasn't re- watched The Wild Bunch. I have. I seen The Wild Bunch. I don't Bunch? care. Uh, okay. And so wow. uh, it's just better, you know, for for that reason. Mm. And so this is yeah, this is fine with uh, you know two three good looking leads. And some really weird decisions. Let's open it with like a silent film. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> was that supposed to be like? And then halfway this through, this is like the real Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid or something like that. No, that it's supposed to be the complete opposite. It's supposed to be if you know at the end of uh, Bonnie and Clyde, it was like, folks, we got them. And then it's like these two, and we see like two you know people that aren't Beatty and Dunaway, you know. Uh, in a car, and they're like, "Huh? Oh, oh!" Wait, right, right, you know, right. It's it's like it's the sort of popular version of their story. This is kind of all about their legend, but we learn throughout the film that the legend is not not so much. You know, Butch Cassidy thinks he's a genius. And he he's, thinks he's a genius. Yeah, yeah. He's not as smart as he thinks. He and is. the Sundance Kid is everybody's scared of him, but he's kind of like, I don't know. I think he's kind of. Um, uh, inconsistently characterized in the movie, oh, you but do? he definitely starts out as like this guy's adult. <laughs> He's a fun adult, but he isn't. You know, he is not the brains of the operation. Oh and no, no, no. He, needs he never to be claims managed to be. Uh, by Butch Cassidy. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think the, I just think the movie's trying to do so much. Be, yeah, uh, yeah. It's trying to be funny. It's trying to be tragic. It's trying to say something about. Well, I think it is funny in parts. You know? No, no, it's absolutely no. I'm not. Yeah, I'm just. I'm not saying a, a funny movie can't look. We, we're about to talk about a movie that is very funny, and it is some of the most horrific things that you could yes. have seen um, before. What was the singularity of on-screen Horror? depravity? Jeez, probably this film. But we're Maybe. not talking about that. See, I already yeah. want to talk about the next one. Uh. <laughs> Clearly, I have. Um. Uh, d- 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 yeah. Well, let's okay. <laughs> I have seen this film before, and I didn't remember it very well. You know what I remembered? I remember raindrops keep falling on my head. Yes, I remember the bike scene with raindrops keep falling on my head because even when I saw it in high school, I was like, "Why is this song in here?" You know, but uh, is that all you had to say? No, that's to not all. Respond I had to, to say. any one of the confusing and disjointed, but possibly important things that I said about the film. Do you remember any of them? Here we go again. What? So anyway, in the beginning, when they show the little film, um, what do you think the film was trying to say? I don't think that the messaging was very clear. Um, it's hard to be a bandit. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> what, what, I don't, I don't know. 
Did you think when they were going to go to Bolivia, did you think that they were going to continue robbing? Because, like, for some reason I had it in my head, this was a whole new life. And they were going to turn over a new leaf and they were going to get jobs before they actually, like, started robbing and thieving and became, uh, you know, well-known I think you could guess. They don't, they don't really broach the thing about, like, getting real jobs until they kind of get to Bolivia. And right. even then it's kind of spurred on. They have a little little trouble when they can't speak the language. Uh, but then they're just, you know, back in business and ain't it grand. Mm-hmm. The song from Dick Tracy. Uh, and uh, who did the who wrote those songs again? Was it uh, somebody famous? Uh, anyway, um, and then they have to because uh, the guy with the white hat or whatever shows up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they have to get jobs. And then we start to see like, I don't know. Are we supposed to? Th- I don't know. I look, look. I'm stuck in permanent grad student mode, deconstructing takeout menus. Like I'm trying to figure out what it's trying to say. Like, is it? Um, an indictment of um, the, the the downside, the underbelly of the American spirit, you know, that like we can, we, we, uh, we can you know, get what you want and uh, do you know, we're you all want. sort of uh, free thinkers and outlaws. And that even extends to like the heroes of the West who, you know, were rapists and murderers, <laughs> you know, and that sort of thing. Because it never seems yeah. like they, yeah, sure, they did a lot of bad before we saw them. And that's not communicated through that little video uh, that <laughs> no. we see at the beginning, if that's what they wanted to do. But when we meet them, they're just fun and they're running their gang somewhat democratically, but uh, don't pull a knife on me, Ted Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And um, and by the time they get to Bolivia, sure, they want to, they don't, they're not really repentant. They want to get away because they're going to get caught and killed. But uh, they get there and, yeah, they're right back into it. And then they're like, well, we'll go straight as a goof. Right. Uh, and even then, they're forced to brutally murder a bunch of people. And it just seems like I know that's sort of where their their innocence dies, even though they must. Have, I mean, we know that, like, Butch has never killed anybody before. Right. But, but we can still assume doing, that Sundance They blew has. up Woodcock a couple of times. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just I, don't I just don't know what it's trying to say. Is these, it tr- these poor guys, they're so hot. You just leave them alone. They're so hot. Is it trying to say that you can't change who you are? Like but No, I think it's trying to say that you can you can't if yeah, okay, yes, I agree. If the person you are is somebody who refuses to change. Uh yeah. I don't think there's anything inherent or special about them being outlaws or whatever. The thing is they just don't want to change. Right. And like Edda's trying to help them come up with ideas of what they could do or how they could live their lives differently. Stunt biking. <laughs> listen, listen to me. Check this out. Whoa, right? You're already doing the Bolivian it. circus, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, they maybe there's some trickery involved, but you know he, when he's he's doing all the stunt biking stuff, yeah. and he passes by her six or seven times. Yes, that's Paul Newman on that bicycle. Are you freaking time. kidding me? I wanted to know that. Well, I mean, I don't know how they'd fake it, right? Yes, like I know. I was thinking the same thing. He's standing. He's doing a headstand, and he's lying down on it. And he's like just... lying down his stomach on the seat. Yeah, and I know the guy was like you know rough and tumble, and he raced cars and stuff like that. But that's so crazy. <laughs> you kind of your star does a header, and you guys are done for two weeks I until know. his face heals. Well. That scene, I swear, was goofier than I remembered it being because it goes from raindrops keep falling on my head to like circus music. Like it straight <laughs> up like goes into circus music. Yeah. Well, and I'm like, because raindrops keep falling on my head wasn't goofy and schmaltzy enough. Yeah, <laughs> and they break somebody's, uh, you know, uh, they 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 fence. break somebody's fence and a bull gets out. And I yeah. get that they're 
they just don't care. They don't really, they're just self-absorbed, but in a fun way with BJ <laughs> Thomas singing under it. Yeah. And so I get that. I don't need like the scene in Mad Men where they have the picnic and it's all wonderful and aren't we a family and, and the car pulls the... away yeah. and it lingers for 15 seconds on all the, the trash, trash and shit they left behind. Yeah. Like I, I, I get that's where it's going, but that's not enough for me after I've seen movies like uh the wild bunch you know or even young guns or a movie that owes a lot or um uh yeah owes a lot to this film uh the way of the gun mm-hmm. remember right. the way of the gun yes which that's another movie that i think i have a couple copies of that line around somewhere <laughs> the characters in that movie are named parker and longbaugh or those are the names that they choose Right. Uh, as, as an homage both to the characters in this film and mm-hmm. the real life characters, but also. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because those are their real names. Right. In the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But also because the movie is is doing a thing like yeah. it, it yes. is basically just 21st century. It came out in 98. Um, but, uh, uh, but Bonnie and Clyde, not Bonnie and Clyde. Butch and Cassidy. I've probably said Bonnie and Clyde about six times. So. Uh, um, Butch Cassidy. Yeah. So anyway, like you've got that and like, you know. The, the ending of that movie is similar. Stop talking about that movie. I just think that this this movie's greatest value is all the things it inspired. Mm, you, you might not be wrong about that. You know, the last uh, episode of The Mandalorian is the last 10 minutes of... Butch Cassidy Butch and the Senate's Kid. Kid. Well, Why didn't they just look for that grate that they could shoot out <laughs> and go down to the lava river? Right! Keep thinking, Butch. Um... Yeah, so I ca- I did think about because uh, I saw Bonnie and Clyde after this. I'm not sure. I think it came Better out bef- movie. before this. Better movie, right? clearer message, well, although um, less uh, less. Uh, the, the pacing in this movie is pretty good. Yes, and except for the the mid part where it's like, let's go to New York, but that's not really part of our story, and we can't afford to shoot it. We're just gonna show a bunch of stills. It's just a bunch of like sepia tone photos of them hanging out. I know that don't that don't really like tell us anything. We know that no, we know that the Sundance and Etta are together. Yes, we know that maybe Butch, you know, has complicated feelings about that. But otherwise, they're just having fun. They're just buying watches and jewelry. Okay, well, and they're I have going a question to a dance, about that. And that's it. I thought they were trying to insinuate, but this never comes back, so this must not be true. I thought they were trying to insinuate that uh, Sundance was buying her a ring, that they were going to get married. Okay, but I mean, they didn't. But that was never talked about. No. So I don't know if that's really what happened. So, well, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. Uh, didn't write that down. Okay. <laughs> Because the whole relationship between them is just taken as he's just wants a side piece. She literally says, "I'm 26, I'm single, and I'm a school teacher." That's I'm on. That's it. That's that's the bottom of the pit. I know. Which I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Um. And so she's their good luck charm. And then of course, like when the albatross, you know, is killed or the good luck charm leaves, right? Um. Then that's it for them. And yeah, I mean, no, no, that all it all works. Mm-hmm. I guess I was just expecting. Something, Something a little more, more grand, a little more complicated, but it is, but I could, I and I will someday just throw this on and watch it to have a good time. No problem. And I will say the cinematography is unbelievable. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. And the coordination of some of the shots, like some of the setups, like just the, the use of the depth of the field, mm. um, when you'll see the riders coming and it's yeah. sort of a zoom through part of a tree and then we'll pull out 
and the riders are still up in the corner of the screen. Mm-hmm. But now we join Butch and and, and uh, Sundance as they're yes. sitting on a rock, like behind the trees, going like, yes. "Oh boy, we're in trouble." Or like when they're riding the bike and the I don't know how they set this up, but like it's a dolly shot, I guess. But like the the camera is panning. Uh, along the inside of the barn as the bike is riding on the outside and it's catching them through the slats of yeah of the thing. And it's, so it's like, it's already 24 frames a second, but it's sort of like cut down to like 12, 12 slivers a second. I see what you're saying. It's just yeah. like, that's just a, such a neat idea. It's just a neat uh, setup. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it was definitely well done. And I oh, mean, it was well done. What, what, we keep uh, bringing up uh, Bonnie and Clyde and... Um, yeah, why are we doing that? Well... Because it's another crime movie. Is it because it's they, a better movie? They keep they they rob places, and and it's based on a true story. Uh, and but I also I'm just I'm really struck by the juxtaposition of uh, the endings, and I think that this could have had an ending very similar to Bonnie and Clyde, where we just see them get shot up. Um, but they made a very specific decision to not show that to us, as if to. Even though we know they're going to die. Yeah, but there's this movie's about the death of, of legends and the death of right. the idea of legends. Right. And Bonnie and Clyde is about... Criminals. Two, two kids being murdered by the state. Right. Although they, you know, shot a lady in the face and they did they did bad stuff. Yeah, but. they did do bad stuff. And, but even that last shot is amazing. They run out in the freeze frame. And then we pull out and, you know... We the, see the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing is... I don't even know how they did that back Just then. That, yeah, like without, I know, right? Yeah, that, so anyway, that was um, – technically, I was really impressed by the film. <laughs> well, and I think – And I, by the technical bike riding I, by I Paul Newman. Think, yes, I kept thinking about – because I saw this film in film studies. And then when I was watching it, I was – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about, well, why did we watch this film Did you ask the teacher? studies class. Did you just think that as you walked out of class or did you no, ask the teacher? No, I did not ask the teacher. Oh, good. But um, – School. I think it's – Probably for the cinematography. Right. I think that's probably what it was for. I mean, and it's heralded as a, it's a classic, but I mean. Because people say it is. Yeah. Well, I'm know. here to prove them wrong. No. Uh, one last thing. Uh, no answers. Just think about this. Hmm. But you're aware of the idea of the nostalgic return, right? I don't think I am. There's a reason everybody had bell bottoms on in the 90s. Oh, sure. Every okay, I understand. 20 years what you're or so, now. we sort of look back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to something. And so, you know, the 20 or 30, I don't know, the 50s got really popular in the 80s. Right. So, I'm wondering if World War I films enjoyed a certain amount of attention in, in cycles as well. And I have to write it all down to mm-hmm. get my theory out. But mm-hmm. you've got Paths of Glory in like 46 or 47, right? Mm hmm. Then you've got this. Um, you've got hit me with some other World War One films. Oh God, I'm I'm I, I don't know. Time Time uh, of the Flapper. World... Yeah, The Sting. Sure. That was you know sort of in the the teens or twenties, right? Sure. So Redford. Yep. And then now you've got 1918, just last year. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Think about it. <laughs> think about it. It's the inside joke. That's why she's laughing. All right. Uh, let's talk about your film because we're we're over time here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my film tragedy is, to comedy. Here we go. Yeah, whoa. Um, make sure both is uh, the Clockwork Orange. No, it's a Clockwork Orange. Oh, is You're it fired. a Clockwork Orange? Yes. Wow, I failed. 
I'll, I'll just see myself out. In fact, literally, the Clockwork Orange is singular. If you're talking, hey, hey, you seen the Clockwork Orange? It's something special. A Clockwork Orange, you were just one of millions, perhaps billions of Clockwork Oranges. That's the point I of the see. book. The book yeah. is a lot different than the movie. Is it? Yeah. A lot of uh, 17-year-olds or like uh, first-year film students you know, watch uh, Clockwork Orange and they go, oh, check out that book. And you read the book. It's, it's, uh, it's not. It's different. Is it? Yeah. So, okay. So why is it so different? Just because Kubrick wanted to take it in a different direction? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, all right, Smarty Pants. Uh, do you want to give a, a brief description yes. of a clockwork orange? Yes. Alex DeLarge. It's the future. But it's that like... Um, it's, this is actually sort of ahead of its time because this was like 71, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like even in the 80s in Britain, there are, there are a lot of like dystopic future stories. And they all had like really impractical couches. <laughs> You know, and like lots of sure. chrome wallpaper. That, and stuff. that was the future. For yeah. Them. yeah. But anyway, uh, Alex DeLarge is leader of a gang of droogs. Yeah. Um, which, What's who knows droog? what that. Well, there's a lot of uh, Frank Miller teen slang in this. Yeah, but, there uh, is. Yeah, yeah there it's is. all through it. That's in the book. Um, do you think Frank Miller just saw Clockwork Orange and is like, my career has begun? <laughs> But anyway, would not be surprised. He, uh, we, well, I'll, I'll, well, no, I won't give it to you in the order we get it. Uh, he comes from uh, a fairly normal middle class English family for the future, a mm-hmm. uh, slightly dystopic future. But he goes out at night and does horrible things. He's like yep. playing Grand Theft Auto in the real world mm-hmm. with the rape mod added. Yeah, and eventually he uh, runs afoul of him and his droogies. Um, they can't even get along with each other, and no. he is uh, captured by the police. After he commits a quote unquote accidental murder <laughs> and he is put yeah. into prison uh, where he tries to adjust to his circumstances. But he hears about a new treatment called the Ludovico technique. And if you sign up for this treatment, uh, they will let you out of prison as soon as it's over. Uh-huh. And so he does that. Uh, it is mental torture, basically. And he is released back into the world. Um, essentially without his ultra violence now mm-hmm. um, becoming sick at the thought of violence or sex. And there's about an hour of the movie left still. Yep. And how is baby bird going to make it if we've, you've taken away his only defense right, right. against this crazy world? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Wow. There's... Stanley Kubrick. Yes. I don't know why. I don't have to yell everything. Sorry. <laughs> uh, he did the, he's credited on the screenplay. I'm not sure how much help he got from, um, um, people involved, but mm-hmm. uh, but he wrote the screenplay, uh, directed it. Um, what else? Malcolm McDowell stars. Yes. Um, some other people, but mm-hmm. Malcolm McDowell's kind of the uh, tour de force here. Y- yes. Uh, I'm waiting for you to pick it up. Oh, <laughs> I'm just idling while it's um, I don't know. He's he's very very young. Um, oh, you don't have to describe how young he is. What what'd you think about the film? You'd never seen the film. This whole this whole show is us going. Oh my God! It's oh oh my God! Intolerance. We gotta watch Intolerance, or, uh, you know what? And then we watch Intolerance, and we're like, I can tolerate it. <laughs> so, like, what? <laughs> what's your opinion about Clockwork Orange? Um, it's okay. I I thought it was good. Um, it's <laughs> we're gonna get the we're gonna wow. get the Mika's <laughs> Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid Clockwork Orange. No. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it, I knew it was going to be disturbing. 
and it was. It was incredibly disturbing. It was somehow more disturbing than, in some ways, than I imagined. I don't know what I imagined. Um, Get to get to the meat here. Yeah, but um, well, I mean, (laughs) okay, like I'm. I guess I'm still trying to it, this is a movie that I think you you think about and the more you think about it the more you unpack. And so I think I'm still in the process of unpacking this film. Yeah. Um I'm still trying to figure out what this film is trying to say because at first I thought uh it was, you know, that violence uh doesn't pay, that uh you will be punished for for uh doing bad things yeah but i think it's more complicated than that. it is because yeah. there, that would seem to imply that there is a greater good or a greater law right there is a god mm-hmm. although this movie is weirdly kind of pro religion or christian there is a lot of <laughs> christian iconography in except it. for his horrible teeth and his kind of like close talker little <sighs> touchy feely you think they're going for a thing the priest is the the, the nicest probably best person in the film Probably, because, probably. Because Alex yeah. is just biding his time. He's yes. he's reading the Bible and he's literally imagining himself like whipping Jesus like on the way to the cross and having an orgy, more right. or less. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that's historically accurate, but yeah. <laughs> and and the priest is like, you know, so you're checking this out, you know, what, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And then he's yeah. like, so I'd like to take the thing to get me out. And the person's like, I don't know, it's an expense, you know, it's uh, expensive. It's uh, experimental. I'm not sure. And I don't know if it's a good it's thing. The right thing. Yeah. And then later on, when they've quote unquote cured him, he's like, all you've done is just you've just taken away his ability to, to make choices. Like, you yeah. can, can you you just removed um, like removed original sin or you you sort of because the whole point of original sin is that man chose to to sin. to sin. Right. But he had the ability to choose. Yes. And the humanists were created. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I've, tangent. Uh, my original point, I forgot. But the point is, it's complicated. It, it is. It and is it's so complicated, I'm not sure that it it succeeds. I don't know that it lands think, one way or another. Yeah, I think it's ironic that it's so unclear. Not so unclear, but it's unclear enough that we're still talking about it. If it had made a really good point... You know, or or pr- presented both sides of an argument well, then we yeah. could go. Hmm, I wonder how I feel about the two sides of this argument. But instead, I think it's vague enough that I'm not sure that's a failing or not. But it, to me, it feels kind of like a failing, and therefore we're going to talk about it forever and call it the best movie ever because it <laughs> didn't didn't exactly land like a viewpoint. Yeah, like, is it really complicated or is it just confusing? Well, I think it's complicated because it's uh, it's a lot like life in that a victim, a victimizer can be victimized. Yes, I, you know, I think somebody, that's a that's a good point, uh, and somebody, I think that's a point. The a criminal has has rights. Yes, and when you you play with his mind, you take away his rights, you know, and you abuse him and you do stuff that is inhumane, um, regardless of the fact that he is serving time and is being rehabilitated for something that he did. Right. Right. But that's just the social justice in me. Um, I have a, a side. Also, he's a vampire. <laughs> wow. A, it's a weird imagery in this film. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I have a, I have a side tangent. <laughs> Great. 
Um, welcome. Welcome home. I know this is based on the book. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is in the book or if the book was um, influenced by this or not. I don't know when the book came out. Oh, get to it. Uh, but I, I just was reminded of uh, that part in the Ipcris file where, um, and I think I joked when we were watching it that they basically Ludovico him. They force him to watch these films. Yeah. And they brainwash him. It's not new. They don't, right. They don't hold his eyes open like they do in this film. Yeah, ever seen Manchurian Candidate? I don't think I have. Well, there you go. Okay, all right. All right, so I mean, I, yeah, I guess it's it's brainwashing. It's not a new thing. The the, the new thing <clears throat> is is calling it the Lelouda Vigo effect yeah. and then having, pulling your eyes open. It's a, yeah, it's a Skinner thing. Did you? Not the X-Files, why is it called the Ludovico effect? Um, Do you know? Is that you know, something in the book? I, it's a it's a goofy sounding name. I don't know. Maybe it translates to something. I don't know. Remember, this show isn't for trivia. I mean, we could just go through the Wikipedia page. Yeah. And like all Kubrick films, and especially like a film as controversial as this, there's a ton of information about it. Yeah. You know, um, he, you know what you're talking about the eye thing. Like they they yes. promised him they'd get somebody professional in to do it. <gasps> And I think the guy that they got wasn't the guy that they said. And Mm-mm. they're like, he'll be very careful. They, they scratched his his eyeballs. Of course they did. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, my God. And then like that scene where um, Dim is like going to drown him in the trough or whatever. Yes. That just goes on for a minute. So it's like a really long time. So he had to learn to hold his breath for over a minute. This he's not only is he fantastic wow. in this and yeah. should have won the Oscar. But it's like an acting decathlon. He goes through everything, every possible thing you could have to do, both physically and like yeah. psychologically or emotionally as an actor. He does. It's like a it's like a race. Well, I mean, when he's strapped into that thing, not only are his eyelids pulled open with wires, essentially, like little metal bits. They're little cuff yeah. things. Um, there's a guy... Putting eye drops in his eyes constantly because your eyes must go dry. Yeah. And then also dabbing his face with like cotton balls. And I was thinking, okay, that's uncomfortable too. But also, how would you like to be the guy? You're not really an actor. (laughs) Maybe you are. How would you like to be the guy putting eye drops in his eyes? I just think that would be like. Well, presumably you are not optometrist oh gosh i hope and so you do this anyway <laughs> i guess yeah well and so for you yeah. you're just wearing uh you know a white coat and there's a camera running I and guess. a guy going oh <laughs> i know um not not old ludwig van yeah um is it because of beethoven that it's called the ludovigo like is it like a weird take on that or something like that you really want to solve this mystery. I, I, I don't know well call the uh, call the scooby game yeah together. i know i know um oh more i think it's like okay so then when his friends show up and they're cops now like i almost feel like i think that really happened but it's i almost you almost feel like like the world is so cruel like he's basically had there's a replacement son in his house yeah um, and he gets beat up by the old guy who he was beaten up yeah. and, and then he gets saved by his former quote unquote friends who are dressed as cops. So you're almost like, 
Is this real? (laughs) Or is he like imagining that it's like really his friend? He beats up the old guy. He cripples uh, the other old guy and rapes his wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then he he kills the cat lady or whatever. Yep. And so he gets out of prison and his friends that he fought with, the old guy tries to beat him up. His friends beat him up. Yep. The uh, the old guy tortures him. I just and yes. the end of the movie should have been just a gang of cats just cracking their knuckles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, yeah. There's just it's not. It, here's the thing. He it, it starts with a bang. Oh so my god! Yeah, and, but, I know. And for a movie that uh, I think that we we focus a lot on how horrible he is and everybody is a victim, but right. I, maybe we're supposed to slowly learn that the world is. You know, he's just that's the only response to this world, which is also pretty bad. Right. But I think the world could have been a little worse. Yeah, I mean, we don't to, at some point to sell that. Yeah, his mom works in a his factory, parole officer or the guy we don't who's know that much about the guy who Mr. Deltoid. Yeah, clearly is like trying to I think there's an implication that maybe an exchange of. <laughs> fluids i don't know how else to say it wow. between them might help his case yeah but it's it's very very subtle there's mm-hmm. a lot of subtle some latent homosexuality in this film yeah um and so like you know it, if you're alex you know you're not interested in that no and then you just see like a, your school authority as like a total perv and a predator and so you know i understand like what he did was wrong but you begin to see all the factors in his world that would lead him to to respond in this way. Right. And, and his parents seemed very hands off. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, no parenting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all bad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a funny movie to show that kind of, uh, that kind of subtlety when there's 57 tits in it. Oh my gosh. And a, g- a good dozen just, just curb stompings. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. it's very violent. Yeah. Well, and then, like, the presentation that they do after he's had this horrible experience. What I want to know is, how do you get that job? Because they they go, here's Alex DeLarge, and he's totally cured. Let's watch. And then the guy comes out in, like, a checkered uh, sport coat and, like, a, a, a white fro. Uh-huh. And he looks like he looked like a comedian, like a '70s British comedian, you know. So I, I want to know how do you get that job? How do you get that job? Improving with with uh, cured subjects, you know. <laughs> Doing a little, he did a little warm up. We didn't see this. He did a little warm up with the crowd, you know, before right. Alex got there. And yeah, it seems like a pretty good job. <laughs> but it was like a variety show, you know. So he comes out. He's the comedian. Then yeah. we have the dancer. The dancing girls come out. Right. We right. Do that and so yeah, and a prayer at the end with the priest. Oh my goodness. It's you see that's the yeah. thing it's it's tapping into a lot of like key core things, yes. But I don't. I guess I don't want a character to get up on stage and give a speech about what it's all about. But but it's but it's it's messy. But it's clearly super messy. Clearly, it's attractively messy because you know we're still talking about it. So. Well, I know, and I mean. As he's being tortured again after he gets out, like, he thinks the only way out of it is to kill himself. So he's going to jump out the window. Which, again, that's that's bad. Yeah. I think that we're supposed to see, like, oh, this horrible person tried to kill himself, which he probably deserves. And so now suddenly um, the the minister of justice or whatever who had implemented the Ludovico technique was castigated in the papers. Right. And so now we flip change reverse – and it's implied, I think, that they reverse the process yes. on him somehow. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's just he's he becomes this political tool and everything. But right. the fact of the matter is, good, mm-hmm. good. You created a, a, a technique that makes people want to kill themselves. Yeah, like that's, that's, that's a bad torture. thing. Yes, and I think in the in the film kind of treats it like, oh, he's going to get off scot free with this, and I'm like, he was he was tortured. He was. It's like definitely. some Guantanamo shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, it was. It, it it was it was not a good thing. It's not it's not a good thing to be able to hold that over somebody else and to continue torturing them. Like the, like I, I understand where like the old man in the wheelchair is coming from. Like he had a horrible thing happen to him and his wife, but that doesn't give him the right to then turn around and torture the torturer. There's what'd you think about the Nazi stuff? Actually, hold on. Let's we'll, we'll get to that. I wanted to say real quick that this movie was made two years after the movie we just talked about, right. that movie has ketchup blood. This movie yes. has very realistic blood. So what did they have like, yeah. if you went to the prop store back in the day, mm-hmm. I'm rubbing my hands because I'm so proud of this. <laughs> oh my nerd. gosh. You go into the thing and you go, I need uh, six pints of uh, movie blood. And they're like, <laughs> are you doing a comedy or a tragedy? He's like, well, it's a comedy. Okay. It's Heinz brand movie blood, right? But if yeah. you want like the... No, no, this is a serious film. We're doing a passion play. It's like, right. oh, okay, we'll get, get the real, the real red stuff. <laughs> oh my god! I like that. I love that line in the movie about he talks about you know the he's gonna he's gonna video some films and 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 the old the old uh, claret you know the old vino uh, starts coming out you know and it's 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 like it's the same color everywhere like it was um, put out you know it's it's a it's a it's a vintage put out by the same big firm which is like a weird way of saying yeah. that we're all kind of the same inside only that is the, a very weird the, way of saying through the lens it. of a serial killer right i mean there was something definitely wrong with him don't oh, get me wrong for sure um yeah what you think about it because they show him so to showing him films that are like the worst of humanity which honestly the films don't what we see in this film are was that a choice you think the films what? they show him are, aren't 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 worse than the a clockwork orange the film well and I- and I wonder if we're if he if we're seeing what he yes saw, no answer, but... you know what I mean? Like yeah, I because we, we we're seeing we like the characters in the films yeah, we are, are dressed like his gang, so that's what I was thinking. <laughs> right, but um, that's part. Yeah, but they're that's they're conditioning him. Right. right? So right. that's why you would you would get that. He's going to associate that now. Right. With. But did he, did they like get actors to wear outfits similarly to he did? You are really struggling with this. <laughs> yes, they did. Okay. All right. That's yes. messed up. So anyway, uh, back to my original point. Yeah. Um, so they're showing him this Nazi stuff, right? Yes. Now, I don't know what British prisons are like, but I feel like it, probably after 1946, they wouldn't make everybody wear, uh, you know, blousy pants and a little cylindrical hat and an armband right right so we're doing something there yep later on there was some there's a line that was like um something to the effect of um the 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 cure that we gave him when he feels these bad impulses it he he gets sick yes and it drives him to then do the right thing which is you know the morality of the of the burned hand or whatever Mm -hmm. you know the but but it was, they're essentially saying, like, nausea is health in this way. Yeah. And that sort of, that reminded me of, like, 1984, which also reminded me of, like, oppressive regimes, like the Nazis. Sure. Sort of, you know, like the, the Ministry of, uh, of Defense or the Ministry of Peace, you know, mm-hmm. is, is plans all the wars and, and that sort of thing. Right. 
Uh, no, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, uh, the, so the Nazi films... That was it. That was my whole point. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, you can add more. Um, well, I just wanted to mention. So, he says that they they play music along with these films. There's no talking, but there's music, and that's why he has this aversion to Beethoven. I haven't ninth watched theater. Triumph of the Will, so I don't know if they play Beethoven's Ninth during it. Mm-hmm. I, I did. I tried to look that up, and I'm not going to watch Triumph of the Will. No. So I don't know the answer. I know where you're going, and yeah. I, I don't I don't know. The, I did think it was weird. It also didn't help that, we're, that everybody's shouting their lines, and we're sometimes seeing them from far away. So, I, yeah, I got the impression that the doctors didn't know what he was talking about. That he was maybe hearing things? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't... He was delusional. But the effect of it is, you know, that he... Yeah, he yeah. just can't. But then that also represents for him, that's his theme song. You know, that's his... Yes, Right. Let's fire up the old uh, violence. Um, and then, yeah, you know, he, then he goes through, we, we basically like the movie goes through, again, everything else. It's sort of in the vein of, you know, history repeats itself. Yeah. First as a tragedy, then as a farce, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with the cats. <laughs> You're obsessed with those cats. <laughs> um, you like cats. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, I, I, I am... I, I do think it's funny to imagine the cats. What, what do you, oh, okay, him. so I'm going to make one comment, and then we're going to talk about the end, and then we're done. Okay. And that is, he's got a lovely singing voice. No. Um, he, he does. I liked, um, you're already seeing uh, things that we're going to get in like later movies. Like when the writer, who, by the way, he's, look, he's, he was just writing, and his yep. wife was in a very uncomfortable couch before yes. what happened happened. Then yeah. later on, we learn either he always was, or because of his experiences, yeah. he's become. You know, we don't again. We don't get into the politics of it, but he's become no. somebody who is in opposition to the government. Yes, and so he wants to use. We think of him as a victim, but he's victimizing uh, Alex in this case. Yes. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, when he starts to freak out because Alex is singing "Singing in the Rain," we see yes. the upside down undershot of him leaning towards the door and going. Yes, he's like shaking, which is like that's the under under uh, upside down Jack Torrance shot that we get in The Shining when he's like, "Let me out, Wendy," right? Uh-huh. And then it's also shaky Danny from when Danny's doing The Shining. You know, he's like, <laughs> "It's all combined in this one guy." I see. Maybe he is the Doctor Sleep Danny. Maybe this takes place in the future ahead of Doctor Sleep, <laughs> and now this writer is old Danny. Whoa, mind blown. I mean, it is another Stanley Kubrick. So, right? yeah. I don't know. Uh, what? what? Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's happening uh, at the end? That was weird. Speaking of going going Danny, uh, he's everything's going great. We're taking pictures. He's the, he's the new poster boy of the new face of the Ministry of of health and human services or whatever right. it is. And he's like, yeah, great. And then he's like, and then he has that vision that he's like wrestling with a topless lady with like, wrestling. That's what they're doing. Well, it doesn't seem like they're having sex. It just seems like they're goofing around. And, and then they're in between this aisle of vi- smashing pumpkins, cosplayers. <laughs> Well, yeah, people yeah. dressed like in Victorian outfits, yeah. and I'm like, what? 
And then he says, oh, I'm cured. I'm totally cured. <laughs> what? Didn't he say that? There's, there's going to be a cure. <laughs> Whoa, I well, didn't mean to do I that. I thought you were doing something. Uh, no, um, I wasn't doing that. Um, <laughs> but he finally overcomed. He, oh, my God. Uh, no, I, I, here's what I think is happening. I don't know. Um, no, I think it's just like, a, you know, it's just sort of... Um, I don't know. <laughs> do the cameras with the flashing, do they, does that do something to the experiment that he experienced? And does it like oh. undo it? Oh, do you think, oh, he's having a seizure. I don't know. Of the, okay. No, that's good. I didn't, I was uh, actually making coffee so we could record this in the last couple minutes of the film. So I, I didn't see the flashes, but yeah, maybe. Something, you know, I just felt like something like the the flashes were triggering some sort of response. It's possible. Him, I so. think that it's just, you know, it's a sort of mental, you know, fantasy or a representation of kind of what the whole film has really been up to this point. And um, I don't know why there's snow or why there's uh, melancholy right. and the infinite sadness is hanging out. But it's it's just, you know, representative of this society. And he's sort of. Oh, maybe it's um, that his his antics are really just entertainment for, you know, the masses. Because his parents, like, believe everything the papers say. Oh, I know, The papers say right? he's horrible. They rent his room out and kick him out of the house. Yeah. Then the papers say that he was wronged, and it's like an eat-me-fruit basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Get FTDs, eat-me-floral eat me. bouquet. Don't eat the flowers. Uh, or are we supposed to think that... He never, like, when he fell, he survived, but he He's been get... dead the whole time. It's or, a Jaker's Lattice scenario. Or, or or he's alive, but he's not, he's in a coma-like state. No, I or think something. that's dumb. Okay. And also, there's a couple parts in this movie where, yeah, pick it up just a little bit. Yeah. It's the end of the movie, and the old guy comes in to talk about him, and, hey, everything's cool now. And it just goes, he keeps talking. It gives us more and more, oh, he's going to eat. Like, that those part was great. Yeah. But it kind of goes the, on the for a while. And it's like, like feeding him, yeah. This is where we could just, we know what's going to happen. Let's just go on. Let's, let's just wrap get it to up it. and get out of yeah. there. Yeah, right. I agree with you. Well, I think that's it. I, I want this to just be an hour this week. So, any last thoughts? Um, the music is already playing. I, wow. <laughs> okay, the music's going to go back. <laughs> Uh, I would. I knew you wouldn't be able to do this. Oh. We got twenty seconds left. Oh, I, I just, I, I would recommend both films. Me too, and I'd recommend that you join us again for the next time we talk about classic movies on Covideos. That's it for the show. Good night.